0: I am good. Can you hear me now?
1: I can hear you perfectly, Keith. I am so grateful for you joining me. I know you're on your holidays over in Greece. How's the weather over there?
0: Well, it's it's where we are. It's lovely now. I know there's like uh, there's fires and some people, some people, you know, uh, who live um, on road. I think Um, I've had a tough time and some uh, holidaymakers as well. But we've been lucky. It's been warm, but I look sure we're. We're grand, you know what I mean? We're making the best of it.
1: Well, look, I really, really appreciate you coming on so early on a Saturday morning to chat to me on your holidays. Um, I really do appreciate it. We're going to be chatting this morning on ADHD. Keith, you've openly spoken on how at 49 you were diagnosed with ADHD. Can you share your personal experience with ADHD and how it has affected you in various aspects of your life?
0: Wow, yeah, it's a big question. Um, Like, I got a diagnosis... I think, towards the end of last year. And as I said, like a 49. And I only got the diagnosis because my, my, my son uh, had been struggling with certain subjects and certain aspects of school. So we had him uh, assessed. And uh, as my wife kind of said during the assessment, I think you might have <laughs> whatever Finn has, you have the same thing. So she diagnosed me. And then I've been trying to figure it out ever since. Because what I suppose what you do is, you look at the aspects of adhd and i actually got a diagnosis of asd as well which is autism so you're looking at the aspects of those types of brains or the way people uh, AD, AD, people with adhd or adhd people you know how their brains work how they work um, and you're trying to extricate you know your own personality from that as well so i mean it's been an interesting i suppose almost a year now just trying to figure it out but it's it's little things that you kind of have to explain to people now, like I'm on holidays now with a friend, and, you know, I had a chat with him at one point, so look, I've just got to, I'm not not rude, I'm not inconsiderate, although I can be something inconsiderate as well, because I'm human, (laughs) Uh, but I was trying to explain to him that I just have a bit of time blindness, so I I could have the best intentions to be somewhere at a certain time, and, you know, uh, have set me alarm and got up and all that kind of stuff, and then at the last minute just be distracted by something completely different, totally forget about where I was going and what I was supposed to be doing and uh, and be late, you know. So I'd be late a lot and have to, it takes a lot of work for me to make sure that I'm on time. So as you can imagine, I, I'm looking back now at doing breakfast radio for 20 years and I realize how much work I had to put in, how much effort I had to put in to make sure that I was on time for a breakfast show, uh, which it, it kind of like, that effort to, to do that would have taken over my life at the time and it shouldn't have been, uh, it shouldn't have, you know. For it it sure. should have been a lot easier, but it's, it's things like that, you know, and also I think it's a bit of a relief for my wife because uh, I think she used to think I was a bit of a dickhead um, <laughs> because I would double book things like, you know, <laughs> a meal and me going out with a friend or, you know, so it just, I seemed inconsiderate and a lot of people with ADHD and, and older people who don't realize it, you give yourself a hard time, you know, so there's a lot of sort of self-flagellating, uh, you know, shame, guilt all those things and you, and you can't explain it to somebody so you know if i've a d h d and, and and I'm living I'm with my wife and if i am if I do appear and consider like my only <laughs> my only uh conclusion can be that oh well I, I just need to be, be a better person um that that's just not good enough, but then you do it again, and then you know you just the person thinks well he hasn't learned you know so there's lots of aspects and lots of things where I can now talk to Suzanne and say Look, that's the a d h d and and it i suppose it makes her look at me a bit differently and uh, it's been good for our relationship, you know?
1: It's not easy though, Keith. When you were diagnosed with ADHD, how did you feel about the diagnosis initially? Did it clarify anything personally? Like you were saying there, you know, it did click for certain things for you and your wife. Like... I know with people with ADHD, like you said there, there's an awful amount of self-guilt. Like, you are constantly, you're too hard on yourself, you're constantly trying to be better, you're constantly trying to be on time. Did it really click into place and, you know, when you were diagnosed, make sense of some of the things you've lived through in your life?
0: Yeah, definitely. Like, it's a, there's a, um, a period, of, I was relieved first of all. Y- it, you go through stages where you're like, oh, that's good, that's great. You know, now I know why I was like that in school, why I couldn't pay attention, why all my reports said could do better. Uh, You know, every teacher all the way up along said Keith would be great if he could just knuckle down, uh, if he could apply himself, if he wasn't chatting all the time or whatever, you know, so that was my, those were my school reports and then sometimes just being um, that kind of annoying, energetic kid that just (laughs) maybe kind of annoys people after a while. And as a kid, you'd be aware of that as well. So initially it was relief. And as I said, like even with things in relationships, like with my wife or with my kids, and then you kind of, you mourn for what could have been, you know? Um, For sure. And then you find, then you get into, you find the right medication for yourself. You still have to look after your mental health. You know, it doesn't, just because you get a diagnosis of ADHD like I would have always suffered from anxiety, which is related to the autism, you know? So I still have to do work, keep myself healthy, try and get enough sleep, exercise, and all that kind of stuff. But the medication certainly helps with focus, helps me get my work done. The medication certainly helps with focus, helps me get my work done. Being able to explain to your boss that, look, if I'm ever late for meeting, it's not because, you know, uh, I don't care, or I'm inconsiderate, it's because of this. I'll try not to be, but... So you can have those conversations So you've a lot to to process, a lot to work through, a lot to think about. So I'm still very early in my sort of ADHD, ASD life, um, and like every day is different. But yeah, things like like I used to drink, and I gave up drinking, and then I suppose when you give up drinking, people say, oh, did you drink a lot? And I probably didn't drink a lot, maybe, if I compare it to someone else. You know, I, I mostly worked for 20 years, like during the week, so it was Monday to Friday, but it... Come Friday, Saturday, you know, I I drink my fair share. Or I, if I'm on a holiday now. If I was on holidays, I'd be drinking every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would wouldn't be for me considered a bad thing, or you know, a heavy drinker. Uh, I try not to drink until four o'clock, maybe. You know, sensible. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad, but I give up drink. But the drink for a lot of people with um, autism or ADHD and and the anxiety that comes with some of those neurodivergent. Uh, things, uh, diagnosis. Drink can be a great medicine, you know? So you, you self-medicate. So I would work during the week. I'd kind of struggle to get through the week. And then Friday, it's the relief of having a beer or a couple of beers or whatever and being able to just sit down. Because for the days you're not drinking, your mind's just racing constantly. You're just thought after thought after thought. And you don't control your thoughts. They control you. And you believe that your thoughts are real. And it's only afterwards where you start separating yourself from your thoughts through meditation with the help of the... Um, medication as well, they start seeing how, you know, how your thoughts ran your life and how, you know, the, the, the madness of what was going on inside your head meant that you had to drink at the weekend. And then Monday was a, a high anxiety day because you'd be a bit hungover, tired, wouldn't have had enough sleep, and you've got this anxiety. Anyway, heading into Monday, you'd have the fear of, you know, thousands, episodes of Glenrow starting at the same time. Yeah, um, you know, that kind of back to school feeling, back to work feeling, but just like multiply it by 100. And that's every week. So you're just like, as soon as you get into Monday, you're thinking about Thursday or Friday and having that drink. Uh, and, and in the meantime, you're just getting through the week. And that's not living because every week you're living to the weekend or, you, uh, you know, because you're trying to be sensible by not drinking during the week. But it's the drink that kind of helps you relax. And <laughs> but it's also the thing that gives you the massive, uh, horrible anxiety and fear on a Sunday. So it's just this weird cycle.
1: And um, Keith, that's that a I've massive point. That's a massive, massive point that you've spoken on. I feel like so many people are living with ADHD undiagnosed. And like you just said there, mm. some people are living for the weekend to have those. F- few drinks to get out of their own mind when you've ADHD you don't get out of your own mind am I right in saying Keith? it's a constant race and battle against you know what you have to do next you're constantly thinking and some people do turn to the few drinks on the weekend and as you said there you mightn't have been a big drinker but how did that affect you when you did decide to have those few drinks on the weekend it was almost not worth it because of the effects it would have on the Monday yeah, uh,
0: yeah, because it, it, I mean it's like pouring petrol onto a fire. Drink uh, for most people, um, but with the anxiety I had, that I didn't realise my anxiety was any worse or better than anybody else. I was just like, "Oh, this is how I feel." But yeah, the the it was like pouring petrol onto a fire, and um, with that anxiety, and it just it's so bad. But at the same time, what your head feels like every day is <laughs> so bad that you can't but drink uh, come Friday, and it was only when I. It was before I got the diagnosis, I started going to talk therapy. And that was where I made a breakthrough, where I started seeing that, you know, thoughts, thoughts become things, but also your thoughts aren't you. So it was there with talk therapy, meditation. Before I got the ADHD diagnosis, I started to be able to find a little bit of space between me and my thoughts. Um, and I started to be able to find a little bit of just to quieten down my mind every now and then. And you just do that by breaking it down almost thought by thought. So you, you've probably heard people about, um, I don't know if you're into meditation or breath work, but you've heard people talking about taking one intentional breath. If at some point in the day, you know, it doesn't have to take, you just decide, oh, I'm just going to take a moment and breathe in and just notice my breath and then breathe out. Even that little break, if you can do that, that's kind of like, you know, learning with, through meditation and breathing and talk therapy helped me give up the booze which I thought was a big part of the anxiety, which was part of the anxiety. But when I, when I got up to it and I realised I still had that horrible anxiety, then I knew it was something else, you know.
1: Keith, let's talk about the medication for ADHD. Has that been a massive help in the racing thoughts, the mind not stopping? Has that helped with everything in your life?
0: It has. It, um, it's helped immensely in... Like when I started taking the medication, I was, like, I was like, is this how... Uh, non-neurodivergent people or people without ADHD, is this how their head feels? You know? People mistake sometimes ADHD, the H for hyperactivity, for physical hyperactivity. And some people are physically hyperactive. <laughs> I, only got to, I only got my physically hyperactive side out when I drank and then I would just be like a madman because I'd be holding on to myself trying not to look like a madman during the week. But also the hyperactive, it's a hyperactive mind that just won't stop um, So the medication, the ADHD mind and body, we don't make enough dopamine. Um, And dopamine is the thing that keeps the world interesting and keeps life interesting. If you like the thing, the reason I did breakfast radio for so long is I got a lot of dopamine from that because it was live. It was like lots of buttons and lights and people and things and, you know, things, news, you know producer to talk to it suited my mind so i got a lot of dopamine from that but i would get very little dopamine from you know if i was in a job and i was asked to do spreadsheets or figure out you know <laughs> set up a system so i don't get dopamine from that so our brain the adhd brain is always looking for dopamine and that's why we get distracted so as i said like you could be somewhere heading for a meeting or sitting at your desk waiting for a zoom call and then within one minute you could be like downstairs booking a holiday to France, You know, something completely different, but you just thought about it and you went with your thoughts and now you're late for the thing you were supposed to do a minute ago. So that's what you're dealing with all the time. So the medication is dopamine, really. Ultimately, it helps you make your dopamine. It is dopamine. So when I sit down to do my work in, you know, I work with um, an organization called Think House in Dublin, uh, Marketing, Advertising and PR. So when I do, sit down and do the work, maybe the work that I don't like as much, I'm not going to procrastinate. I'm not going to put that work off. I'll be able to go in the Monday morning and I've had my medication, which is sort of similar to having some coffee, a few cups of coffee without the jitter. So it's just enough to focus you and make you feel like, oh, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be doing this job. Yeah, I'm going to get dopamine. It's a trick trick to mind. I'm, I'm getting dopamine from this task. So it means that you go in on a Monday, you get your work done. And when you get your work done, you also produce more dopamine because success Uh, or finishing a task gives people dopamine. That's the medication. It gives you the focus. It gives you the dopamine, first of all. Then it gives you the focus to create more dopamine. And it almost trains your brain to sort of mm, focus on the job. Um, And also, it's very important that we produce dopamine because if you don't produce enough dopamine during the day, you won't sleep at night. So melatonin, your melatonin levels won't be where they should be. So I take my medication, I get enough dopamine during the day. And that means that, like, when I need to go to bed at 11 o'clock, it's literally dopamine dies down um, melatonin kicks in and I've I've had some amazing (laughs) I've had some amazing sleep since I got diagnosed and started taking the medication whereas it would have been so anxious um, it would have been hard for me to get to sleep like I did struggle with sleep and good sleep and there would have been times working where I had to get up to do a show at four or five o'clock in the morning I would have gone to bed on Sunday just lay there awake, not be able to sleep and then just get up and just go straight into work and it was an absolute horror show like to to live like that you know
1: Keith some of the points like I'm not going to I, this is probably the one interview that I'm absolutely in awe and silence listening to you. It's something that's always intrigued me. You know, I have a very much so, like you described, that type of brain It works exactly how you've just described. And I'm sure there's listeners this morning that are listening in and are identifying mm-hmm. with some of, you know, what you've explained. ADHD is often associated with impulsivity is that something that you experienced before you got diagnosed were you very impulsive
0: oh yeah 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 God I mean I, Suzanne God God bless her or whatever's up there whoever um, bless her she's been um, amazing but she would tell you about me she would say to me I, I think I might be doing too much you know there was a point not too long ago where I was training for a marathon I used to go to the gym three four or five times a week I was playing football on the football team I was doing my day job. Uh, I was probably filming a documentary at the time and probably looking, it was probably four other projects going on the go at the same time. And she'd often to, to me, like, I think you're doing too much. And I'd like, oh, fine. I'm just, you know, might as well. There was this constant drive. It, it, it's, it's impulsivity. You take things on that you don't really have time for. I went down the fitness rabbit hole, you know, so I was in the gym. I was enjoying that, really getting, obviously getting a lot of dopamine from it at the time. And I ended up, um, you know, training to be a, a personal trainer you know I went so far I enjoyed going to the gym you know why did I have to go all the way and become a personal trainer you know Uh, I paid a lot of money to do a night course and I, I struggled with burnout because I you know I just about finished the exam and got through the course because towards the end of the course I wasn't getting dopamine from it anymore and I was just it was like it's like it's like I woke up you know it's like I, got, I was drunk and I woke up in an exam or, or whatever, like doing these exams. You know, how the hell do I get here? I have no interest in this. I just want to go to the gym. But you find yourself, you're very impulsive. I, I wouldn't say, like, I wasn't, I wouldn't be impulsive as in, like, oh, I'd have to buy something even if I didn't have the money. Or I wouldn't be sitting on Amazon at night or any of that kind of stuff. But I'd be impulsive in that, oh, I really gonna I really want to do this thing. And I just sign up for it, I'd like ring somebody, I'd be like, oh, let's do this. And then I'm in, but I'm in for five different things at the same time. So once they start coming around and I have to fulfill my engagement, I'm like I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Why did I sign up for this? I have no interest in this, you know. And you're just dreading the day coming and you just don't want to do it. And then you get burnout. Um, and then when you get the burnout, you go, geez, what was I asked I need to just chill out a little while. You chill out for a little while. And then you get going again. So now that I know these things and if I sign up for something, Suzanne, my beautiful wife, will say to me, uh, well, let's just think about what's what's uh, what you're at at the moment, what's happening, what's going on, what have we got coming up. May, don't make any decisions. Don't email 50 people about this great idea until tomorrow. So give it 24 hours and then we'll and then have a think about it. So I now just give myself a gap between my amazing ideas that are brilliant and everybody's going to love them and acting on the impulse. So a lot of the time I go, yeah, yeah, now that 24 hours think about that, either I'll be onto something else or I'll just have, or I'll just realize I don't really, <laughs> I, that won't really give me any dopamine or it'll be one of those things I go, actually, yeah, no, I still want to do that.
1: So would you say, so, uh, Keith, uh, that, yeah. that you, since being diagnosed, would you say that your life has changed for the better?
0: Oh, I'd say like 6,000%. And not only my life, but my family's lives, you know, um, because I understand myself better. I understand why I am the way I am. I'm not as difficult to live with anymore because, you know, I have medication to get my work done. I, you know, So I'm not stressed. I've looked at my anxiety. I take medication for my anxiety, so I feel good. I enjoy it. Uh, there was a time in, in my life where I just, I wouldn't say I didn't want to live, but I just didn't. There was no joy. It was just like, okay, well, I, like I was, I'd say at a point, like if you're presenting the breakfast show and, you know, everybody, I suppose you, sh- you think like it should be great, you know, it should be really having, it should be a great life, you know, you've got a, some people's dream job and it was, it was very enjoyable, but I just didn't, I just didn't know if that is, is this, is this, is this the level, is this the joy? I never felt, you know, elation. I was never excited about anything. So now I'm much more relaxed. I'm much nicer to be around. I'm much more agreeable because I understand now. I don't beat myself up over anything. I understand where that frustration was coming from, but I also understand how frustrating it must have been to to be around me and to and to live with me. So, yeah, I'm much. I'm you know six thousand percent better. And you know there are times where you're you know you're just like oh, this, this is amazing. Uh, and you get you get you still get good and bad days, you know, but the bad days aren't as bad and and the good days are a lot better um but yeah it's great I really like it's 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 been very interesting it's a very interesting journey I can be I feel myself now I've much more time to be like I know you're 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 probably aware yourself Katie of like that idea of, of, of gratitude you know mm-hmm. um and not just kind of going living day to day or living for the weekend but stopping every day and going well you know this is great wow like look this is a great life, you know, rather than thinking that should, your life should be something else or you should be doing some other job or you should be more successful or you should be this or you should be that. you just totally like I just keep saying to myself and it's a sort of a it helps me with my mental health and it helps me in so many ways with, with my energy as well. You know, and I just keep saying to myself, look, I am exactly where, where I'm supposed to be right now. And it just gives me it just calms me down. It makes my body feels like feel like I'm OK. I'm not anxious. I'm not in fight or flight. I'm safe, you know, and my body knows I'm safe, because a lot of the time it's a physical sensation that will, you know, drive the, the, the mind into fight or flight, so even being able to control all those things, being able to look at these objectively, being able to see why, what your triggers are, not to be triggered by them, if you are feeling like you've been triggered by something, to take yourself off, do a bit of meditation, go for a walk, you know, and then come back to it when you're feeling uh, better, and you can chat to somebody honestly, and be vulnerable about it, and say, look, I'm sorry there, I was just feeling a bit this, and this is what I did. And, and, and uh, I apologize. You know, I'm being able to say sorry as well. So 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 many things. And and you know, I'm only you know, I'm not even a year into the diagnosis, but it, it, it probably all started with, with talk therapy. And without that, I wouldn't have gotten into the meditation. I wouldn't have realized there was something else once I gave up drink and then got to the ADHD um, ASD diagnosis. So so it really started way back with the talk therapy, you know.
1: Keith like I'm absolutely engrossed I honestly even my assistant is just engrossed in everything that you're saying today the most important thing here is if there's any listeners listening in and they've been thinking these thoughts of is there something wrong you know all the things you've expressed today you went I'm a big believer of therapy I am a massive advocate advocate mm. of mental health and I, I'm always saying it here on my show that therapy is the way to go because if you dig deep and you find out what's going on inside you that is the key to your happiness and that's how mm. you found it so if there's anyone listening in today and that are relating to anything that you're saying what advice would you give them in making that step to go and get checked What, what, what is the road to go and get diagnosed for ADHD? Well uh, can I
0: tell you one thing that I learned recently and I found it very helpful so the word depression, if you think of your, I don't want to get woo-woo on us here, right? But say, for instance, Katie, you're there and, I can, and there's an aura around you, right? So that's your energy. Everybody has energy. We're all electricity. It's fine. It's not, that's, I'm not making, you know, I'm not, I've not gone mad completely, right? But you've got a, a, an energy field around you. Now, depression is when something around you in your environment presses in on your energy field. So you can imagine a little dent on one side of this perfect aura circle. Do you know what I mean? So things are pressing in on you. And as different things press in on you, like things, work, struggles, you know, a relationship, money, whatever, that's, that's the depression. It's, the pre- it's pressing in on you and you can feel that. The antidote to depression is expression. So to deal with that depression, the pr- pressure that's coming from outside, you push back with expression. Expression can be talk therapy, but expression can be a football match, uh, a race, uh, a painting. Uh, you create something, you know, drawing, uh, doodling with your children, expression, talking, conversation. So if you think about it that way, like talk therapy absolutely works, but any form of expression works. Talk therapy is very quick. You know, it, it fixes things very quickly for, for a lot of people. But it, even that, like I only read that recently and I was like, oh my God, that just makes so much, it just makes it so clear for me. So I think that the most important thing, if you think, if you think of ADHD, if you think you have AFD, if you think of, if you think of anything, the most important thing is to talk to somebody about it first. Yeah. Try and talk to somebody who isn't cynical and will listen to you. If that person isn't receptive, find somebody else to talk about it. Believe yourself. Go with your gut. Don't listen to your family if they're not helpful and if they're saying, oh, will you stop it? Everybody has ADHD now. Maybe you don't. Maybe you do. It's your journey. You push for it. And, and then you get go to your local doctor. Ask them. You'd, let, you'd say you'd like to get an assessment. Where do you go? They'll give you whatever. They'll send you to the next person. If your doctor isn't open to helping you find another doctor. So keep pushing, keep pushing, go to talk therapy, express yourself and you'll get there in the end. And, and and also don't be so hard on yourself and learn how to love yourself. And one more thing, learn how to be vulnerable. So learn how to tell other people that you're struggling or you're finding this difficult. We all feel like we have to be perfect and pretend we're brilliant at our jobs and brilliant mammies and brilliant dads and brilliant, you know, office bosses or whatever. But, you know, we're not, none none of us are brilliant and perfect. So be, be, um, be happy to talk about your frailties as well. There's great power in that, you know.
1: Keith, that is the best message I think I've ever had on my show. I could talk to you all day about this. Unfortunately, I'm out of time. I appreciate all of your knowledge and um, all of your advice on my show this morning. Keith Walsh, thank you so much for opening thanks. up and speaking to me on ADHD. And thanks for joining me on Spin Now.
0: Thanks very much. I, I, yeah, I'm only learning myself. So I'm, I'm obviously of ADHD, so I'm fascinated by it. Um, and I just want to tell as many people as I can
1: you. Well, we appreciate you. Thanks again, Keith. Oh, no
0: worries. Have a good day. See you guys.
1: You too.